Would you like uh, some pornographic stickers? Room podcast, you filthy animals. My name is Darian. I am back from the holidays, and I am not alone this time. Thank Christ for that. Buddy has made his dramatic return. Buddy, hey, I'm back. God damn it, you didn't die. Fuck. We thought you were dying, <laughs> yeah. sir. I know. What's right? up with you, man? How was your holidays? Uh, holidays were good. Uh, got a flat tire, but I got it all Shit. fixed. All four tires. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so, Well, of all course, drive. you have yeah. all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. so they can't just replace one tire. Right. I think that's a fucking scam. They can, but it's like the price of all, all four. And well, yeah, <laughs> which is another scam, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Fucking asses. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, me, let me ballpark that. I'm going to say probably about uh, you got a, a 2018 uh, Subaru out, Outback? Crosstrek. Crosstrek. I'm going to put that... I know nothing about cars, but I'm going to say probably about seventeen hundred. Yeah, you're right there. Hey, oh, <laughs> yeah, seventeen. Well, it's funny that number comes to mind. You want to know why that number comes to mind? <laughs> why is that? Because that's how much my new refrigerator costs. Oh my god! After mine just took a fat shit all over my kitchen floor. Now, now here's the thing: mm-hmm. refrigerator goes bad. I understand that it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had that one a good thirteen years. That's before, awesome. Which is not a bad run for yeah. refrigerator, but. If you look at it, it looks like it still works. You open the door, the light comes on. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It still makes the whirring and the buzzing and the mm-hmm. humming like like something's going on in there. Yeah. Can't get the fucking thing to, to fuck, freeze anything. Everything's oh, melting man. in there. It smells weird. It's got that weird empty refrigerator smell. Oh, yeah. Don't you love that? I don't even know what that <laughs> smells like. It's a weird smell. It's it, not it is. necessarily bad, but it is. it is a smell. Yeah. And I don't... I, I, I would rather just have the goddamn thing work, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. <laughs> right. So like a jackass, uh, I went onto YouTube and tried to come up with all these... <coughs> home remedies. Home remedies, cheap <laughs> yeah. ways to fix it. Uh-huh. Uh, made an even bigger mess in my kitchen. Oh. <laughs> uh, you ever you ever open up the bottom of your refrigerator? Oh, don't do don't it. Don't do it. <laughs> no. Don't do it. But that's what they tell you to do on YouTube is to open it up and blow it out. Right. Which creates a Mad Max-esque... Typhoon oh, yeah. in your fucking kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you can't see the kids for like two days yeah, after that. Yeah. You just go in there and you got like your bandana over your nose. Yeah, you got to take it to the garage first and blow it outside. Well, you prob- that's probably a better idea. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just trying to save my uh, ice cream sandwiches. So I just fired up the blower that I normally use for like leaves and such. 
<laughs> and you didn't plastic the whole kitchen? I did, yeah, I did. Uh, made it look like uh, some kind of a goddamn wasteland in there. All <laughs> right. Beautiful. My, my kids are still blowing uh, dust boogers. Right. Stupid, man. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> That's what I get. That's what I get for trying to be proactive. Yeah. You need a vacuum, ass. not a blower. It said to blow it. That's what YouTube said to blow the fucking shit out. Was there like a big laughing thing at the very end of it? I don't know. I didn't get that far. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. They just said, blow it out. Sometimes the heat coils get dirty and then it stops the fans from working. So blow it out. Maybe that'll work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daddy, I don't feel too good. Yeah, me not. neither, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> now let's all go take a family shower. Oh, dude. All right, you goddamn maniacs. Uh... We got a shit show to get into here. We got the usual horror news, listener mail, all the fun stuff we have lined up for you. Let's jump right in with some horror news, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> horror news. Hit me with your best shot, big guy. All right, Netflix has renewed Supernatural superhero series Raising Dion for a second season. Yep. I'm stoked about this because I really like the first season. I have not watched the uh, the first season. It's, ah. No, it's about a, a supernatural, like, well, I guess a super, some kind of a superhero kid yeah. with superpowers. Yeah, and it, it kind of explains like how he got it. I'm not going to spoil it or anything. Okay. But, uh... Uh, yeah, so there's like this whole series about it, and uh, it's it's good. Like, nice. He learns that he has powers, and of course, how to control it, and all this stuff. Very and, cool. And yeah, there's there's a lot more going on. I'm sure there is. Mm-hmm. There always is. Uh, the entire Tremors franchise is now streaming on Netflix, minus the brand new one that's you know coming out you know this month. Yeah, but, yeah. So uh, if you want to get caught up on that, does it, uh, I don't know that I do want to get caught up on that. I mean, I'm. I've seen them all. I don't know that I need to revisit them. They're fine. Yeah. They're, they're fine. They're good comedy. I don't, yeah, at a certain point, it goes from horror to just nothing but comedy about mm-hmm. farting uh, ground worms. Yeah. Which is good. That's all I got. What do you got? Hey, <laughs> do you remember? No, I don't think you were here. But a couple weeks ago, we talked about Glenn Danzig's directorial debut, Veronica. Oh, yeah. Which, from what I understand, is a movie... That could quite easily be the worst film of all time. Oh, really? Now, I'm not going to make any accusations. Mm-hmm. However, um, that seems to be the general consensus. And I'm very anxious to see it, just to see how bad it really is. Yeah. It's getting a Blu-ray release for February. Oh. Yes. So okay. I will check that out as soon as I can. Uh, I don't. I know it's some kind of an anthology situation. Oh, that's cool. Sometimes, you know, if if you'd got a job that you do and you're good at it, i.e. lead singer of a punk band, mm-hmm. you should maybe stick with that. Right. Like, don't change your day job. I mean, yeah. <laughs> by all means, branch out a little bit. But if it doesn't work, meh. All right. Well, we tried. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just what I'm saying. Uh, have you seen a little film called Knives Out? Mm-mm. Uh, it's already got a sequel in the works. It's in the right. theaters right now. Oh, okay. Ensemble cast. From what I gather, it's some kind of a murder mystery situation. Okay. Getting pretty good reviews. Well, good. Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Bond. Daniel Craig. Oh, nice. Um, I believe Captain America's in it. Uh, what's um, Whose name escapes me, but I'm sure I would know it if I heard it. Uh, Anne Hathaway, from what mm. I understand. I don't know. 
brand new trailers are out for the new mutants. All right. Which is going to be the horror addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nice. Looks good. Yeah. <coughs> I heard about this. I'm excited for it. It's been we've been fucked with by the new mutants for probably two, three years now. Oh yeah. They drop little little snippets and then oh okay, we we're abandoning the project. We're not gonna finish the movie. Now they're coming back. Now it's back. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the trailer. Looks pretty dope. Cool. It's got uh, what's her name, Anna Joy, from The Witch. Oh yeah, she's in it. Nice, um, Maisie Williams from uh, Game of Thrones. Wow. So I'm looking for. It's got the kid from Stranger Things. Which wh- one? Which uh, the goddamn older brother? Oh, okay. Will yeah. Will's older brother, whatever his name yeah. is, Thomas. I think I don't know. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. Tra- right on. Trailers are also up for a Puppet Master spinoff movie. Whoa. That is going to be based on the Blade puppet by himself. All right. Um, hmm. I don't know, man. We'll see. I mean, we've got like 45 of these goddamn Puppet Master movies, mm-hmm. including that last one uh, where there was like 98 different puppets and they had helicopters and shit. Yeah. Remember that? No, it was terrible. Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was It was, It was. was silly. silly. It was pretty goddamn silly. <laughs> yeah. It had uh, uh, Officer Dangle in it from Reno 911. Mm-hmm. I love Officer Dangle. Yeah. So, but it, it was clearly a comedy, and mm-hmm. that's that's all that was. I just hope it doesn't turn into like the Tremors franchise, where it's just now it's it's be. it's all it's. <laughs> I mean, Corey Feldman showed up in one of them, uh-huh. playing an old man. Yeah, which makes zero sense, right? So I think we I think it has already gone far past the the tre- <laughs> What do you think is a worse franchise, Tremors or Puppet Master? Oh. Here's what I feel like, and I could be I could be completely off base. I feel like um, the Tremors movies have given up, and they're just making movies to continue making Tremors movies and cash in a paycheck. Because they're really, I mean, you're not trying to scare anybody at this point with fucking Tremors. It's all comedy. Yeah, but I feel like the 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 Puppet Master franchise is like holding on to some vestige of. Horror, killer dolls. You know, maybe we can scare you with a little bit with this. Yeah. I think Tremors will outlast them, though. Uh, what are we up to? Seven Tremors? I think so. I don't... I mean, a couple of those movies were made solely by the, the iron will of uh, Michael Gross. Oh, yeah. And by iron will, I mean the complete lack of career. Because that's all he's got. <laughs> yeah. He's got to crowdfund these sons of bitches and mm-hmm. hope uh, somebody picks up the script. Right. So, but the on the <laughs> other hand, the, the Puppet Master movies have the backing of Full Moon Studios, who are hanging, they've hung their hat on the Puppet Master franchise. <laughs> really, that's all they have going for them. Are <laughs> yeah. you going to crank out another four evil bong movies? <laughs> oh, fucking Ginger Dead Man, get out of here. You got the Puppet Master and that's, that's about that's as good it. as you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Charles Band. <laughs> so that's something to look for. And that is all I have on the horror news, amigo. Are you ready for some listener mail? You betcha. All righty. Let's get down to business. Yes. Listener mail. We got emails and voicemails and, uh, well, we have one email, really. But we may have lost a few with a week off. That's what happens, you sons of bitches. You uh, take a week off and then people's emails get lost. 
and then I have no way of knowing what the hell's going on anymore. But let's get right to Sydney, Australia. Here comes our main man, Tim. Subject line, don't listen to the haters. Hello, probably just Darian. Happy New Year Eve to you. Hope you're well and happy. In regards to Slipknot and Stone Sour being the same band, Corey Taylor is the only member from Slipknot in Stone Sour. (coughs) Excuse me. So no, they are not the same thing. On top of that, Corey Taylor is God, and I can't wait to see his horror movie. How do you feel about Slipknot there, buddy? They're good. How do you feel about Stone Sour? I don't know. I mean, I always thought they were just the same band with and without the masks. Apparently, I'm incorrect in that. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna side with Tim on this and say, okay. Not that I really care one way or the other, but okay, Tim. Hmm. The Ted Bundy movie that I can never remember the name of was great. Yeah, it's not the horror movie, but the performances were unreal, and I love the story. Don't listen to the haters, Darian. I think you pick good movies. Anyway, that's all for me. Catch you next year, <laughs> Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. I am I am known to pick historically bad movies. It happens all the time, Tim. But I'm glad uh, you still have faith in me. I don't know that anybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Tim. Thanks for writing in. Uh, I guess we're going to jump right into some voicemails. Let's get it started down in Alabama with our main man, the Dr. Decker of people that call into the podcast. It's Alan. Alan! Gotcha! He was turning red on that one. I saw him do it. It's hard to see the redness from the this side of the beard, but he was definitely turning a little red. He put some effort into that one, Alan. So there's that. Hmm. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, Thanks for calling in, Alan. Thanks, Alan. You are the man. Uh, have you seen Bone Tomahawk there, buddy? Oh, yeah. What'd you think? Loved it. Would you call it a horror film? Yeah, I would. There's I horror would. elements, so yeah. There is. And I think the the strength, the, the guiding force towards horror is the goddamn troglodytes, dude. Mm-hmm. There are some nasty customers in the body Ooh. mods and the weird throat bone situation. Oh, yeah. That's pretty, and what they do to people. Oh, oh God. Man. God! Whew. Get out of here. That one scene, though. That, yeah, that one scene, though. <laughs> uh, let's get over to Salt Lake City. Here comes Troy. All right, Troy. Hey, hey what's going on? What's happening, Troy? Um, 
calling in. Um, kind of touch on some subjects that you're coming up on this uh, episode. Sure. Um, but first, uh, uh, the movie, I've watched a lot of oldies and goodies, but uh, uh, the recent uh, one that was in the theater was hmm. The Grudge. Oh, um, very cool. Oh. Uh, mixed bag on this one. I, I think heard good that the, the gore factor and a little bit of the paranormal things of everything, the connection and the following spirits attachment, everything made it pretty good. But if you took all that away, you get a very dry, boring movie. Hmm. Police investigation, hmm. stuff like that. Um, um, not really a necessary, maybe a wait to watch. I find it very average. Not a very good start for the 2020 season for oh, horror movies. Um, maybe there's that uh, the turning might be good. The next one on the list, and we lost him. Hmm. The turning, huh? Try this again. But um, and but your uh, episode of Ted Bundy, yeah. Um, there's a lot of connection, being that I'm from Salt Lake. Um, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Being around at a time when I was really young, at the time when the, his reign of terror was uh, here, he was. Uh, uh, you get a lot of uh, stories and things that uh, had the connection with him around. Um, but anyway, I went on a ghost tour, um, local one that kind of takes you around in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a a cellar. It's uh, kind of up there in Immigration Canyon. That I explain. That's uh, uh, kind of what they call where the pioneers uh, have entered Salt Lake area, and they stayed up there in that area, and, and you know, claimed stake and lived up there. This is the Point Monument. Cool. Um, anyway, there's a just this weird cellar, you know, ambiguous there. You can see the foundation, everything around there. There's a cattle gate that blocks it off, and. A lot of people get a lot of different things, EVPs and, and you know, K2 meter reactions, stuff like mm-hmm. that. When I was there, I not much of anything, maybe some K2 meter movement. Um, he wouldn't let us go down in there. It's pretty, you know, uh, you call it liability. Yeah. You know, it's pretty shady. But I asked the guy, uh, well, he, he normally had a house or a place resident up in the avenues. That's like an old part of Salt Lake City up there by the old cemetery. He had a house, went to the University of Utah. He, he was there for only a couple of years, but I kind of found that kind of odd that he had a house that was demolitioned and they just kept the cellar, yeah. you know, just the opening to, of stairs that just kind of go by a, maybe about a 50 by 50 type little underground cellar. Um, it's pretty much... Uh, GP. Um, he called back. Hmm. I don't know which one of these came next, though. I think it was this one. Calling back, but anyway, the the teenager that lived next door to uh, Ted Bundy in the avenues. He okay, was... hold on. That is not the correct one. It's got to be. Here we go. Well, I didn't time that out, but uh, I get too uh, enthralled in this Ted Bundy stories. But uh, anyway, back where he went to University of Utah in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, for law, he had a place he stayed up in the avenues there. You know, I found out odd with the house, you know, that was up there in the canyon and, and everything. But uh, 
Anyway, uh, another thing that uh, never found to the girls that were missing still to this day, uh, Betty Kent was one up in Bountiful, and I work with a guy that lives up there. That's up in the little bit uh, another county north of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, knew the girl and everything. The, the older brother knew, went to school there and everything with her, and and uh, pretty strange stories, you know, and everything about how she came up missing and. And uh, the further on that ghost adventures stuff, you know, they thought they'd be clever and uh, say this uh, duplex that's up there in Bountiful that uh, uh, said it was all haunted and said he possibly took took the, her body there and did nefarious mm-hmm. things to it and whatnot. And it all turned out to be a big fraud. Shocking. Of, you know, because of I asked a lot of people and they're like, I don't even know where that's at. <laughs> you know, so a lot of little, you know, They've never seen that, or you know. And so, anyway, he teamed up with the Zach Baggins. Teamed up with this guy that's a local paranormal investigator, and he's also a magician. So Shocking. a lot of people think that he sets up a lot of things to well, yeah. to uh, get the bang for your buck, you know, when you investigate. Um, about the movie, um, I'm probably going to get GP'd again, but uh, uh, the Netflix movie touched on a lot of that stuff in Utah yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, I got a lot of things about all this thing, um, but I'll call back in a minute. There's a kind of a story about a, another guy that I, can, you know, through the connections that he was a neighbor, he was a teenager at the time and lived up in the avenues. But I'll call back. Very cool. Hmm. True to his word, he called back. Yeah. Going back, but anyway, the, the teenager that lived next door to uh, Ted Bundy in the avenues, he was befriended him and everything, and they were one day uh, cleaning his, uh, you know, the beige um, Volkswagen bug, mm-hmm. and uh, was wondering why the, the door handles were gone and the roll, you know, the roller for the windows were gone, and he asked about it. He got really vehement about you son of a bitch get away and screaming at him he just totally had that devil in his eyes and scared him to death and everything and never talked to him again he ended up leaving and disappearing you know the whole thing with the corpse and he said that's just like he just turned on this old dime you know and he saw that eyes and said he fucked up but uh that's a little bit scary story yeah and uh anyway uh about kim from australia there Thanks for being on your your zombie apocalypse, but forget the zombie apocalypse. I'm coming there to help you fight that fire. Nice. I hope you and your beautiful fam beautiful family clear out of that. Take care of yourself, man. That is some scary shit. You know, even more what do you call that a overwhelming, you know, feeling that probably that guy that when he was a teenager with Ted Bundy. But anyway, the movie was okay. You know, for the Ted Bundy movie, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Very cool, Troy. Thanks right. for calling in, man. Thanks, Troy. That's nuts, dude. Yeah, that is nuts. I don't know, man. I uh, this. I mean, Ted Bundy, such a bizarro guy. Yeah. You know, you you basically cheat death by escaping prison, not once but twice. twice. And you just can't stop doing what you're doing, you know? Uh-huh. And that's going to keep getting you caught and keep getting you brought back. And the charges are going to make you just can't quit, you know? 
I don't get it. I don't know, man. But I mean, there's a lot of shit about that guy that I don't know. But yeah, obviously a bit of a problematic figure mm-hmm. in American history, sir. Yeah. And that, my friends, is all we have on the listener mail. Do you have anything for Tim, Allen, or Troy, buddy? Thanks for calling and writing in, you guys. Absolutely. We will resume the regularly scheduled program and go live on the Psycho Bunny Death Cult right about now. Yeah. Terradome and immersion therapy and all that fun stuff to follow. Let's get into a movie, buddy. Oh, yeah. witness to the unspeakable horrors of the defendant's heinous crimes. You have seen ghastly injuries, smashed in faces, broken jaws. Will the defendant please rise? For years, I've carried this guilt that I'm to blame for everything. (laughs) If only I hadn't trusted you. promise you'll never leave me in this. It's about another missing girl, isn't it? Did you do it? No. We've got a very disturbed, sick individual. You'll be the first nationally televised trial in history. You look nice, partner. I'm disguised as an attorney today. I get very scared, but, you know, he's also really dreamy. There are things you don't know. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmares. It's all a lie. It is a capital murder case. And you are skating on thin ice. This is about catching a monster. I wish I could take it all back. What about me? I love you. Get out! The killings were... Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, vile. Did you do these things, Ted? This is all going to end. It's only going to end with the truth. That's right, inmates. We're talking about shockingly evil, no, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. And I feel like um, Grody should be included in that title. Right. I just like saying Grody. Yeah. And uh, if we couldn't get a little more wordy with the title, poopy, icky, icky guy, this Ted Bundy. Uh, It's shocking. It's devious. Devious, if you will. Extremely Wicked, <laughs> Shockingly Evil, and Vile from 2019. This one is written and directed by Joe Berlin, Ber- Berlinger. Uh, stars Zac Efron, Lily Collins, and Kaya um, Scotolario. And it is a true crime biopic of Ted Bundy, American serial killer. Yes, I would like a wristband made out of ears. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll do like a leather or pleather if you can knock leather. a couple. If you can knock a couple <laughs> bucks off and send it, because I feel like a, a wristband made out of ears is going to be a pricey item. I'll do a pleather. Isn't that usually like a necklace? Uh, whatever it is, I don't want anybody <laughs> else's uh, dead flesh on me. I'm in the ear. I'm in. The, okay, well now everybody wants ear wristbands. Great, you hey. just started a trend, you uh, fucker. Hey, Natalie, how are you? So, uh, now this is this is a very strange movie in that it kind of takes a very. I felt like it took a very pro Ted Bundy approach. What's up, Miles? Miles in the house. Can I have a shout out? Of course, Miles. <laughs> this is what happens when you go live. <laughs> Mommy! I think that took care of it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so it's kind of weird because we start off that we're actually going to kind of watch this movie backwards. It starts off mm-hmm. with uh, Ted, played by Zac Efron, actually about to be executed in Florida in, uh, what was it, 1989, I think. And just before he's about to get uh, put to the, ch- the, the chair there, uh, his ex-girlfriend rolls in. Now, not only is this his ex-girlfriend, but this is like the... The the one that got away, kind of in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Connor, you got to give us five minutes to start topic talking about sex before you can tell us to stop. Okay, give us a give us a minute. We'll get into the weird sex stuff. But Lily Collins coming in. Uh, she is playing his ex girlfriend Liz, <laughs> and this is like the serious ex girlfriend, the one that uh, you know he didn't kill. I don't know if you'd call any of these girls his ex-girlfriend, really. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he didn't kill her, so he must have taken her seriously in some regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's happening now is that uh, she's going to come in and have, like, the last talk with him because this guy's about to get killed. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we're going to jump into a series of flashbacks that is basically going to detail <coughs> not, <coughs> excuse me, not really his uh, crimes, but more his um, legal battles. So, and that's why I pose the question to you, is this a horror film? Yes, but I would call it more of a true crime drama. How say you? Yeah, the way, yeah? The way this movie was laid out, yes. Uh, wait, yes, I've seen this one. Okay, Gail's seen nice. this one. Zac Efron. Uh, I don't know. I, I know the ladies love Zac Efron. You do get to see his... Uh, y- buttocks posterior if you will his butt buttocks and everything attached to it except not the front side you only get to see the like the the derriere he he looks good i'll tell you that Uh, i'm a i'm a zach efron fan after this movie yeah he killed dude oh yeah he he killed it in this one i'd say um so from there we're going to start we're going to go all the way back to when liz Mm -hmm. and ted first met um, it was like a weird, hey, iconic pole fit is in the house. I concur more hey. of a docudrama. I agree, iconic yeah. pole fit, whatever your name actually is. Can we, okay, we, we're gonna, I can't call you iconic pole fit during the whole show. It's too wordy. I'm just going to refer to you as pole from now on. <laughs> no, I'm not. Never mind. Um, iconic pole fit, IPF, IPF. That's what we're going to refer to you as. Moving right along. So um, it's kind of cool because we go back and we see their first meeting. And uh, it's kind of like, 
he's he's a fucking charmer and he's a handsome devil mm-hmm. and i'm going to tell you right now the real ted bundy not quite on zach efron's level uh no I don't know what was considered classically handsome in the early 70s. Apparently, like the shaggy mop top and a lot of weird polyester, uh, a lot of burnt mm-hmm. oranges going on, weird uh, glass eyeglasses that are way too big for your fucking head, mm-hmm. which I do not understand in the least bit. Um, things like that. But we're going to go back to like a, a bar where he first met Liz, took her home, uh, found out that Liz had a kid, and instead of bailing, he stuck around and banged her that night. Mm-hmm. Now, does this make him a hero? No. No, it does not. It makes him a horny bastard, which I'm not you know, necessarily disagreeing <laughs> with. Don't watch High School Musical 1 through 3. It'll ruin Zac Efron for you. Oh, yeah. Connor, I have zero intention of watching High School Musical 1 through anything. So I appreciate the word of warning, but we are in no danger of that happening. He's a monster. I agree, uh-huh. Troy. Troy, if any of you feel like actually listening to the whole podcast, Troy, our friend in Salt Lake City, called in with some very um, personal and borderline paranormal stories regarding Ted Bundy. I encourage you to check those out, paddedroompodcast.com. Now, from here, we go into what I can only describe as a series of arrests and uh, trials and incarcerations mm-hmm. by Ted, you know, that are occurring to Ted Bundy. And that, the funny thing is, is that we re- really don't get any allusions to guilt at any point in this movie until the very end, which is a very strange creative choice to make, I feel like, because yeah. obviously we all know who Ted Bundy is and mm-hmm. we all know what he did and mm-hmm. what he's been convicted of and what he was executed for. So I wonder what the, the thought process was from Joe Berlin, Berlinger in trying to portray him in this fashion. I, I, I kind of feel like we were trying to tell real, the real story of Liz, the ex-girlfriend, as opposed to um, Ted Bundy. But at the same time, Ted Bundy, or Zac Efron as Ted Bundy, eats up 99% of this movie. Oh, yeah. Don't bite anyone. I had no intention of doing that, Troy. Don't know why you felt the need to bring that up. <laughs> Run, Jeremy style. Uh, don't do that either. <laughs> I don't know. What, what kind of conversations are happening right now on the Psycho Bunny death cult? Don't bite anyone. And don't let anybody trip over your dick if it's that big. And <laughs> Maybe that's why he had all the ladies. <laughs> that could that might have something to do with it. He didn't look like much, but he may have had a couple of Red Bull cans downstairs, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The teeth marks got him busted. Yes. You're exactly right, Iconic. That's very I, true. Summer. IPF. Her name's Summer? Summer. Summer. Very nice to meet you, Summer. I will now refer to you as that instead of Iconic Pulfit. <laughs> Um, so the funny thing is though, is that in the entirety of this movie, uh, Liz is being, you know, handed all this evidence and, uh, reasons why he's guilty and things like that. She's sinking deeper and deeper into depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of drinking, alcoholism, a lot of moody smoking, which is not a good sign. Mm -mm. I encourage you to stop smoking to begin with, but if you're going to do it, at least be happy about it. If you're all depressed, like like 30% of this movie, I'd say, is Lily Collins smoking cigarettes, staring out the window, and then looking back at her phone. Yeah. Depressing as shit. Or the TV. Or the TV. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the motherfucker of the whole thing. He's He portrays himself as a law student. Yeah. During, in, in reality. So he's got a lot of 
uh, reasons to be going to different schools and looking things up, things like that. A lot of reason to be away from the house. While that's happening, girls are disappearing left and right. And the description of the suspects all uh, point right to Ted Bundy, as they should. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lily is, or not Lily, Liz is constantly being handed more and more evidence that her once true and great lover is in fact a fucking serial killer and is doing some horrific things to innocent young girls. Mm-hmm. Moody smoking. You don't want oh, to be yeah. moody smoking, Gail. No. Uh, a river in Egypt is what the lady was. Denial. Mm-hmm. I got you there, Summer. I read you loud and clear. Um, but really, well, there's going to be a turn at the end where we find out that maybe she wasn't as much in denial as uh, she, we thought she was. Her clothing was creepily, seemed to match the wallpaper for the 70s forever. <laughs> She's yeah. the chick Bundy dated. It's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a, the 70s was such a bizarre, like for fashion oh, yeah. in interior design. What the Shag f- carpets. What and... the fuck were people thinking? <laughs> I'm a child of the 70s. I, I was born in 78, but like a lot of that shit carried into the early 80s. Oh, yeah. The bowl cuts. Dude, the amount of turtleneck sweaters in this movie is, no pun intended, suffocating and choking. (laughs) It is bizarre. You see, I I, I have to wonder, in retrospect, did Ted Bundy ruin the turtleneck sweater? All All of his interviews, turtleneck sweaters. Now, you see a guy in a turtleneck sweater, you're like... Right? What's wrong with the fuck you? is going on here? He's gonna see <laughs> looking at me for. Yeah, I think I think he may have single handedly killed the turtleneck sweater industry. Oh yeah. Um if not, just the itchy scratchy under the chin thing that always happens when you wear a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. That definitely did it. But for some reason in nineteen seventies, uh people endured that because <laughs> they thought it was hot, I guess. Or everybody just had terrible bodies back then. You know, I'm going to present myself, but only from the tip of the chin to the top of the forehead. Everything else is a complete mystery. <laughs> Thus, the turtleneck sweater. All right, so that's all well and good. Um, now, the first thing that happens is he gets pulled over on a traffic stop, and the uh, officer arrests him because he finds a bunch of weird shit in the back of his VW Beetle. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is what happens when you go live. See? If you want to listen to the podcast, I can edit all of this shit out. But right now I can't. Sorry. Uh, Anyway, hey, Sherry. What's up? Hey, Sherry. Let's just smoke some more weed. Okay, Connor. Let's do that. (laughs) That sounds good. Now, once he gets arrested, and he gets arrested this time, and he's kind of linked to uh, the disappearance of two girls in a lake in Washington State, Mm -hmm. which is where he's from. Um. This is where we get our big celebrity cameo. <laughs> James Hetfield in the house. What's up, James? Le- no, he's not actually <laughs> I know, but, you know, just in case. Okay, all right. <laughs> he's not. He, he has nothing to do with this podcast or anything else, <laughs> but know. he does make an appearance in I'll this movie. I'm just giving him a shout-out, <coughs> wherever he is. <laughs> uh, lead singer of Metallica. He's in this movie for all of about eight and a half seconds. Yeah. And uh, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss him. Because this is the only time you get to see him. He's got one line. He like throws mm-hmm. a book on a table and he's like, where were you with the lake? Have you ever been to this lake, you son of a bitch? And then that's it. And that was it, yeah. And um, <laughs> I mean, for, it's fine. If you're a Metallica super fan, like I know most of us are, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, ah, there he is. Yep. And then that's it. He's gone. 
I kept thinking he was going to show back up in some of the trial scenes or something. No. No, no. And it's kind of weird seeing him. He's had like bone white hair with mutton chops mm-hmm. and a, like a the button-up police uniform all the way to the chin and stuff like that. It's uh, I, I If I hadn't been looking for him, I probably would have completely just glazed past him. Yeah. Padded room, finally get to catch yous. Hey, we finally get yeah. to catch you, Tim. Yeah, we got you. Hey, we got you. <laughs> I've been trying to catch you, man. So we did it. We put it together. So that's it for James Hetfield. That's all you get out of the yeah. whole movie. He's done. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, he gets tried and convicted of the murder. Not not just the two uh, disappearances, but also a related kidnapping in which the young lady got away. Now, right. we're going to meet his attorney here. Recognize this dude? His mm-hmm. attorney? Played by a fine young actor named Jeffrey Donovan. We may recognize him from uh, Burn Notice yep. with Bruce Campbell. Great movie. Also... A highly underrated sequel. Jesus Christ! <laughs> a highly underrated sequel, in my opinion. Um, Blair Witch: Book of Shadows. Oh yeah, <laughs> Book of Shadows. <laughs> Mommy. I think I'm just gonna throw a microphone into the bathroom, and you you guys can just listen to my daughter scream. Wipe my butt. <laughs> worth of uh, soundproofing material and (laughs) mommy wipe my butt that's what we're going to listen to that's what we're going to listen to for the rest of the night you know what I'm not even going to edit that out of the podcast I'm going to leave it in that's now a permanent fixture in the padded room (laughs) welcome to the padded room podcast mommy wipe my butt (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to the uh, serial killer stuff so he's now incarcerated. That's a real motherfucker. While he's incarcerated, uh, they start linking him to other similar disappearances all over the place. First place we go to is Colorado, where there's other chicks come up missing. Um, thing about that is, is that his attorney is not licensed in Colorado. So his attorney's like, sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, the evidence that they have against you is a bit overwhelming, and mm-hmm. this is getting a little creepy being around you. So Jeffrey Donovan is like, peace right out, homeboy. Yep. So they take him to Colorado. They try him there. Uh, it's looking pretty grim for the old uh, Ted, Ted Meister. Hashtag mommy wipe my butt. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right, Natalie. Hashtag mommy wipe my butt. I don't know if I don't know if the butt has been wiped or not, but I will keep you updated with live updates of That's the right. butt wiping and whether or not that is occurring. You know what? Let's just go live to my back. Yeah, we'll just take the camera with us. Let's go. A little field trip. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm pretty sure there's like child uh, laws about not doing that on right. live on uh, Facebook. Live. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, we're doing a show here. <laughs> this is looking a little paranormal. Oh, I, think there, I think there's some EVPs coming from my ba- my guest bathroom, which is right outside of this door. Let's get a K2 meter in <laughs> And some toilet paper, please. <laughs> All right, so it's looking pretty grim for Ted, but they let him out on bail. So while he's out on bail, him, Liz goes up there to see him and like to support him and all that. They're out look at, walking around. They run into one of Ted's ex-girlfriends, young lady by the name of Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. This lady has on some uh, Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. Oh, yeah. And they don't go away. They're nope. attached the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have like a weird 
thing where they run into each other and he's like, Hey, it's my new fiance, Liz. And Carol Ann's like, Oh, okay, great. Gotta go. Now the funny thing about Carol Ann is that they didn't actually, she doesn't live in Colorado. She lives in Ohio where she used to work with Ted at a suicide prevention hotline. And this is an actual factual thing that happened in real life. So that's kind of weird. But it's awkward as shit, and uh, they go their separate ways, and everything is cool for a minute. Well, as cool as can be. Back to the trial. Uh, Ted is appointed uh, a team of public defenders, like high-profile ones, and they've got all kinds of thoughts and ideas and things like that. Unfortunately, Ted is a law student, and he thinks he's got this shit pretty well under control. Oh, I hated her. Yeah, she was... She was... um, She was... um, I don't know, man. What, what's up with her, with this Carol Ann? A uh, bit of a codependent type. I mean, I get. apparently he's a charming dude. Yeah. Uh, so he worked his magic on her, I guess, and she just fell right for his line of BS, mm-hmm. and so much so that she's now following him state to state. And it's going to get even worse. It's going to go even further than that in a minute. Uh <coughs> Things are looking bad for Ted on the legal side. Right. The, you know, the evidence is mounting up. Uh, the holding area that they're keeping him in, the, the jails or the jailers are being pricks to him, and they're making it harder and harder. On top of that, there's a detective in Colorado that is trying to pin all these other murders from all over the place on him. Mm-hmm. So, because Ted is now, like, assisting his own counsel, he gets full access to a law library, uh, open phone lines, and he basically kind of gets run of the run of the house there at the courthouse. Uh, during a recess in the in the trial, Ted decides I'm not going to beat this fucking rap. So he adjourns himself to the law library, where he just pops open a window, hops right out, and goes running off. Oh, just go, just get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that actually happened. That was part of the case. Yeah, actually, we're talking about we are talk, We're talking mm-hmm. about. God damn it. Wicked, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, uh, Sherry. So that's that's the movie that we're discussing. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Ted Bundy biopic. Yeah. So he's just on the lam for like six days in the Colorado wilderness before he's apprehended again. Um, broke a foot or an ankle or something like that when he jumped out of the, uh, the, the fucking window. Yeah, that was, how many stories was that? Was it two? Two, I think. But, you know. That's a that's a pretty good fall. Yeah. So he gets out. He's on the run. Uh, they they catch him. They bring him back. Now they're pinning all these other murders on him. Mm-hmm. They extradite him to what was it Ohio or something like that? No, actually they pin more murders on him and they just keep throw the win throw the window through the wall. Extremely wicked shot. Yeah, I know. Throw it's on Netflix right now. It is. I don't yes. know. I don't know how one throws a window through the wall. Yes, two stories. I agree. So he gets kind of fucked up, but they bring him back and they're holding him and they like take away all of his law privileges and he escapes again. Yeah. In a, in a, this guy's just too fucking smart is what it is. He sees that like, I don't know if this is how this actually went down, but he saw that the lights were flickering in his jail cell. So he cut through the drywall, which I don't think they actually have in prisons anymore and got out of the ceiling and out into the night. And there he goes. And then, I don't know, I mean, we don't really get, like, a real description of how this happened. We just cut to two weeks later in Florida. Somehow this fucking dude made it all the way to Florida in two weeks. And then, um... Uber. 
They, they do not actually have Uber. And that is a very expensive Uber ride. <laughs> right. If you're going to go from Colorado to Florida, you need like a guy, you need like a meth head Uber driver. And I mean, even still, you're looking at five, six hundred dollars in gas and you're probably going to have to feed the fucking meth head. But through, through the window, through the wall. Oh, there my, you go. Okay. That makes more okay. sense, Connor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he really wasn't a bad-looking guy. I don't know about that. Yeah. Cherry? Uh, I think Zac Efron I mean, is a handsome son of a bitch. I mean, there is worse. They're true. But I don't... I don't. Is it just me, or was everybody hideous in the 1970s? You look back at, like, old-fashioned and old haircuts and things like that. Ugh, what are you doing? That mop-top thing? What is that? Yeah, I don't... And he looked... Really anybody saying, oh, you really had that going. No, but he was a charmer. Is what it was. Yes, he was. But a he had like a scrawny, gangly kind of a fucking like a rodent face. If you ask me, I don't know. I don't know, Cherry. <laughs> if you think he's hot, then I'll sign off on it. But if I was if I was a gay dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a pass on old Ted. You know, if I was a gay dude. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know that we need to have this conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I don't. He would not be my type. Tell me how you really. Oh yeah, well, yeah, right. <laughs> hey there. Scoot a little closer. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so is he that get, a microphone? I'm just saying. Now, now he's in jail again, and uh, of course they apprehend him again, and they're about to uh, extradite him to Florida because while he was out. The Chi Omega killings happened. Basically, yeah. what happened was he infiltrated a sorority house, fucked up a bunch of shit, killed two girls, and severely bludgeoned uh, three more, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. That's nasty. That's bad. Uh, if you make your way into a sorority house as a male, dude, you're done. You, you, you're getting laid, okay? You don't need to go kicking people's asses and hitting them with... Uh, tree stumps and things like that that's right. just my experience yeah okay anyway so now they have to extradite him now the thing is carol ann is making regular visits to the old uh the jail there to see ted while he is feverishly trying to get a hold of liz back in the old um salt lake city hey miss monica oh miss monica has wow. decided to join us so good of you to join us miss monica hi I thought there was an empty chair over here. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> Monica, what do you think? Ted Bundy, hot or not? Cherry says he's pretty hot. Hot or not? Everybody, hot or not? Hot or not on Bundy? The real Bundy, the not, real Bundy, not yeah. Zac Efron. <laughs> not Zac we know Zac Efron's hot. We <laughs> saw his butt cheeks a minute ago. Um, but while he's there, he kills a bunch of sorority girls and fucks up a bunch of other ones, which is nasty. So uh, from there, they extradite him. Uh, he, in a, in a very weird kind of pornographic move, he's paying, uh, prison guards so that he can fuck, uh, Carol Ann in the, the visiting room, which is, I assume that does happen. Uh, and it's kind of hot in a weird way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It, I don't know. Is that hot? It, it seems like a, a very Brazzers move or a bang bus kind of a move. If any of you guys watch online porn mm -hmm. to the degree that I do, <laughs> I consider myself a bit of a connoisseur. There's a lot of people saying not, basically. <laughs> uh, but, no, I agree. I agree yeah. with. The, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on the not team. <laughs> team not. He seems very gangly yeah. and just kind of rodent-like, and mm -hmm. apparently he could talk the panties off of anybody, which I, you know, which is cool. I wish well, I had that actually, ability. You know what it is? What? 
I'm going to law school. That's what it is. Panty dropper. Potential uh, lawyer. <laughs> yep. Potential lawyer. You want to have sex with this guy? He might pay your bills at That's another right. point. Uh, Tristan Hood, look wise or mind wise. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Cherry. Hello. Hey, Johnny's in the house. What's up, Johnny? Hey, Johnny. So uh, things are pretty pretty crazy from there because now, here's the really weird part, uh, Carol Ann is pregnant with the Bundy baby. All right, so now he gets extradited to Florida. He's got a, He's facing capital murder charges in Florida for the Kyle Omega killings. Mm-hmm. And here comes the judge, none other than my favorite, John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Oh, yeah. Don't fuck around with John Malkovich, <laughs> dude. Awesome. What was that movie he was in where he was kind of a cock uh, with Sandra Bullock and you can't look at the – if you look at it, then you're going to um, – what is that? Bird Box. Oh, Bird yeah, Box? yeah, yeah. Even though he's a dick, I was saying the entire movie, listen to John Malkovich. He's smarter than you. I guarantee mm-hmm. you that. Do they listen to John Malkovich? No, they just say he's a dick. And then they go looking around outside and then they all get killed is what mm-hmm. happens. All right, well, now that I've spoiled two movies for you, I'm going to keep spoiling this one. <laughs> You're welcome. Darian, from my angle, you kind of look like Hitler. Wow. Wow, <laughs> wow Monica. How does it? It's the haircut, I think. I'm a little too slick with the haircut. I should just shave my head, dude. Should I? I yeah. I should, or, the mustache is darker, maybe? I, I do not have a Hitler mustache, <laughs> despite what Monica may tell you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of crazy. Now, here, and this is where we get like the crux of the story, because this is the, the, the winner-take-all trial. If he loses this one, he's going to get killed. And if he wins this one, um, he's still facing uh, life imprisonment in Colorado, so it doesn't really matter. But everything's kind of on the line now. Um him and his lawyers get into a big pissing match because he thinks he knows everything about the law. And to his credit, he did know quite a bit. So he uh, fires his lawyers in a big fuck you thing in the, right there in the middle of the courtroom. Um, well, that would be just ridiculous. I mean, like, object, object, object. He's, he's not objecting. Because he's in it for the money. He's not in it for... I'm sure he's probably thinking, oh, yeah, he's totally guilty. I'm not going to help him out for nothing. That's what I'm saying. And I, I have to wonder, and I'm not an attorney, obviously, uh, but at a certain point, if you're a defense counsel and it becomes starkly obvious. obvious to you that your client is guilty and will kill again if set free, I mean, you can't ethically just say, sorry, I can't do this, but you do yeah. have to defend him to the best of your ability, but how do you do that? when yeah, it sucks because a losing case goes on your record, too. It's, uh, yeah, it's true. So if if I'm the defense attorney for Bundy, I think this is the best possible outcome is for for him to fire me. Yeah. So I wonder if he may have just thrown that one on purpose just right. to sidestep that little landmine. And if you do get him off... Although he threw a temper tantrum on his way out. I would, too. You know? <laughs> if you if, wanted, I get, if I get fired from a job... But if you wanted to get fired... Well, I mean, even still, if, if you're if you're firing me, the very least I'm going to do is flip you the bird on the way out. <laughs> right. Uh, worst case scenario, I'm going to, I don't know, probably take a shit on the front door or steal a stapler. <laughs> you know, just some, I'm, I'm pretty petty that way. That's just okay. me, though. <laughs> Lawyers don't have ethical values. They had him unless they were huge procedural errors. He was done. You're right, Gail. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I mean... He's dead to rights at this point. He oh, defends yeah. himself in court and raises some interesting arguments, although albeit 
the, I mean, there's not much you can do at that point. Um, gets found guilty. Mm-hmm. Gets sent to sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attorney or the judge is actually like, "Man, you are sharp. How did you? I really wish you hadn't have done this because I felt like you would have made a great lawyer if you would have not killed a bunch of chicks." So yeah. sorry, chose the wrong path. You did. Uh, I would love to have you practice in my courtroom, but you uh, decided to kill a bunch of chicks instead. So now we have to do this. Yep. Uh, which really sucks. And then. You know, Ted gives his, uh, his, I'm not going to apologize, he gives his closing argument, I'm not going to apologize because I didn't do anything and that's absurd and this whole thing is ridiculous. Now, as this is happening, we're cutting back and forth to Liz, uh, Lily Collins, back in Salt Lake City and her trying to half-ass rebuild her life. Uh, she falls in love with big fat Haley Joel Osmond, which is, um... Because he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. She's a single mom. I get mm-hmm. that. But he's very bland. Yeah. And I think that's probably... Exa- I mean, if you're coming off a fucking serial killer, you, you, pro- want you probably <laughs> want something like in a nice... Yeah, I want something the exact opposite. Do we have like a children's <laughs> TV show host? Because <laughs> right? I feel like that would be a good fit for me yeah. at this point. Somebody that's not uh, skinning and beheading young ladies mm-hmm. might be a good... Good route to go. Like maybe a Mr. Rogers. Somebody though. that brings a sandwich in a in a red in a you know a paper bag to work yeah. every day. Well, you got it. Likes to go out for picnics. My mom always told me I should have been one. Said I could talk my way out of a paper sack, and I would have to be. See, Cherry knows what's up. And Cherry, you probably do all right with the guys, because that's a bit of a charming move. And they all want to uh, get on a lawyer. That being said. Um, Ted continuously calls Liz over and over, sends her uh, letters, things like that. And she is dealing with the guilt of, well, I shouldn't say the guilt just yet, but the possibility, not the probability, but the possibility that he is completely innocent and that his arguments are valid, that um, the police are just piling all these unsolved murders on him because he vaguely fits a description of a suspect and it fits nicely into their agenda. Which, I mean... It's a stretch, but it is not outside the realm of the possible. It's a big stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, evidence mounts up, you know, and at this point, Liz is like, fucking, I, I, I got to get to the bottom of this because it's going to drive me crazy. So she uh, there, and this is where we pick up right where we started at the beginning of the movie with the, the last rights of Ted Bundy and her going to see him for the very last time. She's like, hey, man, um... I need to know, look, I'll be honest with you. I was the one that gave the cops your name and your description. And I'm sorry, but that happened. And I've been wondering for the last 12 years whether or not I'm the fucking asshole in this equation. And you might be right. They might be actually just pinning all this crap on you because it's very convenient. And he's like, that's totally what they're doing, dude. I didn't do any of this shit. Right. And she's like, well, why are you confessing to all of these murders then, you knucklehead? And he's like, if I don't, I'm just, you know, trying to buy myself time so I can find a legal way out of this. And she's like, dude, I don't know. So she breaks out her little evidence pamphlet, holds up a uh, picture of a beheaded young lady, and she's like, what happened to her head? 
here? What do you think? What happened to the, the head here? Wild animal. And he's like, <laughs> uh, now he's starting to get a little rattled, which is for the first time in the entire fucking movie, this is the first time we see him kind of yeah. lose it a little bit. He's like, uh, uh, well, if the body was deposited in the woods, maybe an animal. And she's like, a fucking animal wouldn't do that, you jackass. What happened to her head? I want to know right now. And he's like, I can't, if we were alone, maybe I could shed some light. And she's like, fucking tell me right now, you asshole. <laughs> so I don't know if this actually happened or not, but he fogs up the glass in the visiting booth and he writes hacksaw on the uh, the bottom of the, the visiting glass, visiting fucking chamber glass, whatever you call that shit. So, um, and that's pretty much the end of your movie. After, but at this point, this is like twelve years later. She has married big fat uh, Haley Joel Osment. Uh, the kid is her daughter is now like a teenager, and they all kind of want to move past this whole shit because it's very unhealthy for everybody. And I think I like to think that the drinking and the moody smoking has cut down quite a bit. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, because I mean that's a, that's not a healthy combination, kids. Drinking it's fun every once in a while. Moody smoking. Never a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know what else isn't a good thing? That uh, when when the um, when they sit in the bathroom and turn the light on and off. Remember that scene in um, Fatal Attraction, Fatal Attraction. Yeah, where yeah. she's just staring off, turning the light on and off like a crazy bitch. That's not healthy either. Mm-mm. If you're doing that while moody smoking and you've got a little bit of a buzz on, oh, go get some help, dude. <laughs> uh, whoever the guy is, he's not worth it. And uh, don't boil his bunny. Um, if he's in jail for any kind of suspic- suspicion of anything, feel free to walk away. He can't follow you. He's in fucking jail, okay? And from the looks of it, he's going to be there for quite some time. <laughs> hey, you're going to call me? No, I will not accept the uh, collect call. No, goodbye. Case closed, dude. That was uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, and a little bit of icky. Yeah. How did you feel about this one, buddy? It's a good show. It's a good show. Yeah, it's predictable. Uh, I wonder. It was. It was. It was predictable. We know where this is going right off the off the get go. Uh, He's guilty, and they're going to fry his ass. Right, and that's okay. I I got a very pro Bundy feeling from this. Have you guys seen this one? Did you get a pro Bundy vibe? Uh, Don't put money on his books. That's another good. Don't do that, Gail. Because then he's going to use it to buy postage stamps, send you drawings he's drawn of uh, weird pornographic jungle women or whatever. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Not that I've ever sent anybody a drawing of a pornographic jungle woman. I can't draw for shit, so you wouldn't even know what it was. It was entertaining. I agree. Yeah. I agree, Natalie. Um, Good movie. I would say a good movie. Um, Yeah. I, I couldn't help but root for him a little bit. I'm sorry. I know that makes me an asshole, but I, I, I feel like I was rooting for Zac Efron. I wasn't rooting for Ted Bundy because he did a good job of selling um, the whole I'm innocent, everybody's out to get me because it's convenient act. At the end, when he does the hacksaw thing at the bottom, you actually get to see a flashback to him actually killing a girl with a crowbar. That's really the only kill in the entire movie. Everything else is just kind of alluded to. It was an anti-hero type stance. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that, Gail. That makes sense. Um, I like Zac Efron. I like him coming out of the frat boy roles. I do too. You know, I like seeing him as he a did villain. really well. I love him in this movie. 
Uh, I'm not going to watch High School Musical though, Connor. So don't worry about that. Lily <laughs> Lily Collins. Um, she. I wasn't mad at her. Um, it's called manipulation. Yep, he would get you. Yeah, he would. He'd probably charm yeah. the pants right off of me. I'll tell you right now. Um, I like Lily Collins in this, although she did play this a little flat. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how. I mean, you can't really bring too much to the role because ninety percent of your role is just moody, Depressing. moody smoking and pacing back and forth in front yeah. of a fucking telephone. They made one back in the '90s, didn't they? I remember it being really good. Nat- Natalie, I think you're thinking of uh, the Deliberate Stranger, which starred Mark Harmon. Uh, that was actually a made-for-TV. I think it was a three-part miniseries. Mm-hmm. That one is actually really good. And being a made-for-TV movie from the early '80s, they show you a lot of violence and gruesome stuff, which I'm surprised they didn't show more of in this one. Being a Netflix original, I think it would have drawn out too long. I mean, probably uh, Netflix. I think they had the, knowing the, the funny tapes. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. I have not more history behind it. I have not watched that, but I'm sure it's just as shockingly vile and gross and ickily evil. A, a lot more real stuff in it. Ickily, that's a that's a word I just made up. Ickily, evil and vile because it's icky. Um, other than that, pretty good show. Uh, stick with us. I think that that's about all we got. You got anything else on this one? No, James. Excellent. <laughs> We are going. Yeah, I called you James. I did that. That's that's. I feel like Get out. I feel like I need to. We need to put some space between me and you with all the gay stuff that we're getting into. Here. <coughs> all right, inmates. We're going to take us a little break. We'll come back with some other stuff.
If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. hey Hey now. If I had, I like to think that if I had the ability, the, the borderline superpower, Oh, to charm the panties off of any young lady in any given time, I would use that uh, that gift for good. Oh yeah, instead of evil, right? I don't know how that would be used, <clears throat> other than you know fucking a lot, which it w- is good for me. Yeah, well, you could donate the panties to people who can't afford. I'm not going to keep the panties. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to oh, keep okay. those. No, <laughs> I, I've seen some gently quote unquote gently used panties and it's still like (laughs) what is that a pube in there get out of here (laughs) that's gross man but still it would be cool to have that ability to drop panties at any given time well i mean you can do it pretty much you crazy bitch (laughs) but at the same time it's like why would why dude you got it you know what i'm saying you got it you can fuck any hot chick you want, pretty much at any time. I don't understand how, because you're not that attractive. But no, I'm not. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Ted Bundy. Well, I mean, you're um, at the. Yeah, you're right. Neither one of you are all that attractive. But at the same time, it's like, why do you have to kill him afterwards, man? Yeah. You, you know? Okay, so that was that was one of my things about this is. Okay, so he's got this girl right. that he doesn't want to kill. I don't think it's because of her kid, okay. but I think he generally actually felt something when he first met her. Okay. And then when she had a kid, it's like, okay, this is a little different circumstance, but what... Okay, I don't know. I'm changing my theory here. And then he goes off and goes on a kill rangent of all these other people. Right. What drove him that way? I mean, he didn't have a shitty childhood. Not really. So, I mean, well, I mean he, okay, he, so most people, when they go into killing people, they go, they start off killing like animals, you right. know, like, like cats, dogs, whatever it is, right. and work their way up. Okay. But what was his like, like, you know, point? Okay. There's two things. Number, well, three things actually, but one of them is kind of irrelevant. Are you familiar with the McDonald trifecta? No. Okay. Theoretically, and I don't, I think this may have been disproven by now, but the McDonald trifecta is a proof positive way of identifying a serial killer before they actually engage in that activity. Mm -hmm. There's three things. 
that will identify one coming into adolescence. Number one, severe head trauma. Number two, constant and late stage bedwetting. And number three, cruelty to animals. He had the late stage bedwetting. Now, what he didn't have was the other two, which should have cleared him. But he did have a weird family situation. Allow me to explain. He grew up being raised by his grandparents. Under the impression that they were his biological parents. The young lady that he came to understand was his older sister was in fact his mother. Father unknown. Hmm. He didn't discover that until just before he left for law school. That was about the time that the first disappearances started. Oh, Now, uh... By If you go back and look at the legal documents, we have 30 confirmed dead bodies attributed to dead, uh, Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Chances are the the body count is much higher. Right, right, right. But we don't know when the killing actually started. And just because there's no record of any animal cruelty or severe head, dra- head Doesn't trauma. Doesn't mean there wasn't any. I think the autopsy actually confirmed that he had a very high-functioning brain. Right. Up to, you know, the electrocution. So, food for thought, something to think about. Weird. Uh, in in his like the later days when he was trying to buy himself more time, and he started uh, actually admitting to some of this shit, he blamed pornography for a lot of it. Um, I don't know, and he also blamed a possible split personality or demonic possession, bl- claiming that when he would do these things, the quote unquote entity would take over. And then right. murder, rape, mayhem, all Weird. that stuff. All right, enough about that nonsense. No, no, I got one more thing Oh, okay, about it. by all means. Uh, in high school, I actually had a teacher, older woman, um, who, uh, who you actually... had sex with a high school teacher? No, 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 no. You fucking <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> no. no, she actually knew Ted Bundy in school, like oh, wow. in high school, and he asked her out on a date, wow. and she refused. Okay. She actually turned him down. Did she say why? No, she didn't say why. She... She just said no, no, huh. politely, and went her separate ways. And she's like, you know, and I wonder what what would have happened, you know, if she she would have been like an ex victim or something. Right now, did he grow up in the Washington State area? Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. God damn, that's creepy, man. Mm-hmm. That is fucking nuts. And what's even creepier about it is just how recent it was. Oh yeah. Executed in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, his most of his victims today would be in their. 50s, 60s. Yeah. Uh, well, more like 70s or 80s, but still, mm-hmm. you know, it's, God, creepy. Creeping oh, yeah. me out. Creeping me right out, dude. All right, enough about that nonsense. Are you ready to get into the Terror Dome? Hell yeah. Man? Absolutely. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll make dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. Blackest 
Welcome to the Terradome. Now, we announced last or two weeks ago's winners already, so we have no winners to announce this week. What we will do is jump right into the semifinals, I believe. Uh, starting off in the Asylum Conference Round 13 Singles Division. Woo! As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good at writing things, and I'm three shots deep at this point. <coughs> the Siege of Chicago had gone widely unnoticed. The city is riddled with cemeteries dating back to almost 200 years ago, some completely abandoned and forgotten, others on the verge of being lost to obscurity. The tall man's operation was going smoothly. Raiding the dead of the Windy City as the local authorities had problems much more severe of priority. Then the news took notice. A grad student doing research on a local urban folklore stumbles across the grave robbings and draws attention. One grave in particular, the one that Helen researched the most, the grave of Daniel Robitaille, the Candyman, now empty. Local rumor mill flies into a panic. The residents of the Cabrini Green housing project fear the killing will begin again. Some even going so far as to attempt to summon the hook-handed killer. In the end, it's the tall man himself that brings the legend into this world. Singles competition, we have the tall man versus the candy man. Damn! How say you, Mr. Buddy? Have we ever had this battle before? I don't believe we have. That's just wild. It is. What do you think? Um, Tall man. Uh, Phantasm franchise, mm-hmm. nasty customer, the Sentinels, the flying spheres, drill bit, having uh, brain s- blood sucking things. I guess bees. Candyman, on the other hand, vengeful ghost. I'm urban gonna, legend. I, yeah, I'm gonna go with Candyman. Okay. Um. I think I'm gonna go, for, go. I'm gonna go with the tall man, and I think it's because of the Sentinels. They give him a ranged ability. I don't see bees having much of an effect on the tall man. I could be wrong. I see some kind of a weird situation where he like opens his mouth and inhales, and all the bees go into his lungs, and then he goes, Bruh! and then that's the end of the bees. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just a, that's just a weird vision I had all okay. of a sudden. But if the tall man wins, rest assured, that's what's going to happen in the winning state. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's take a look at the team's competition, goddammit. <laughs> we are still in the Inferno Conference Round 13 Teams Division. Leanne had fled the house almost a decade ago with her parents. She knew the property was old when her family moved in and always wondered how, to sim- how a simple coal miner could afford such a lavish estate. The truth became clear very quickly. It started with nightmares and uneasy feelings in certain rooms. Then the stench and the disappearing of and reappearing of wall stains, moving ob- objects, screams in the night, and slamming doors. Cupboards accompanied, then... On the night in question, Leanne's mother tries to kill her and her sisters, almost succeeding, but not for the efforts of her father. Then, shortly after, they fled. Disaster struck the entire town. A fire in the mines below, burning hot to this very day. Had it not been for the haunting, Leanne's father may have been among the casualties. But now, Leanne returns, needing closure from the chapter of her life from the haunted house that sat on the edge of the ghost town known as Silent Hill. Mm. Team's competition, we have the Vengeful Ghosts versus the Silent Hill Nurses. 
How do you feel about this one, buddy? Uh, to me, this is an easy one. Yeah? Yeah. Silent Hill Nurses. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Um, I want to take the ghosts, but the nurses are my team in the, in the team's competition, so I'm going to have to go with the nurses. I don't know how blade, blades or edged weapons are going to affect ghosts, which seems to be the weapon of choice of the Silent Hill Nurses. Mm. And despite the fact that I'm making a case against them, I'm going to vote for them anyway. Because I'd like to keep some of my stuff. <laughs> and that's how that's going down. <laughs> uh, those are your Teradome matchups for the weekend, mates. In singles competition, it's the Tall Man versus Candy Man. Teams is the Vengeful Ghost versus the Silent Hill Nurses. Get to us by next week if you can. The Mental Health Hotline mm. is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get us on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Or if you don't want to vote... Uh, on the Terror Dome, let us hear your Ted Bundy stories. Apparently, everybody has one except for me. <laughs> I, I feel kind of left out that I don't know anybody that almost blew Ted Bundy. But uh, <laughs> uh, or chime in on immersion therapy. We're going to get to that in a minute. Or just let us know what cool movies you got to watch. Yeah. But while you're thinking of reasons to call us or email us, we're going to tell you what movies we got to watch in a little segment called "What Are You Looking At?" Oh yeah. What are you looking at? Have you ever heard of a movie from 1972 called Season of the Witch? Yeah. Directed by George Romero? Mm-hmm. Really? Have you seen it? Uh, I have. It was a long time ago. Very strange movie. Make a long story short, a bored housewife starts dabbling in witchcraft. Yes. Um, at first, she uses it for pretty silly shit, like fucking her daughter's boyfriend. Which is all well and good, but of course, things <laughs> spiral well out of control from there. All good unless you're the boyfriend. Uh, he didn't seem to mind. <laughs> oh, she was. I didn't find her very attractive at all. But <laughs> okay. there's that weird early '70s funk of <laughs> yeah. like uh, polyester and weird <laughs> fucking up tight eye patterns. Shit, I have no idea. Um, very strange movie. Uh, yeah, na- naturally, uh, things go awry and somebody mm-hmm. gets killed in the end. But uh, pretty pretty wacky, pretty wacky stuff. We're definitely worth a watch. Streaming now on Shudder if anybody's interested in checking that out. Cool. Also got to watch a little movie called Antrim from 2018. Hmm. Have you heard of this? Nope. Okay. Hang out with me on this because we're gonna we're gonna go on a little ride here. All right. This movie is subtitled "The Most Dangerous Film." Uh, around or alive or something like okay. that. And the point of this is that the film is supposed to be cursed. Hmm. So the first five, ten minutes of the movie are people coming in uh, mockumentary style, giving you a brief history of the film Antrim, showed at this film festival, uh, theater burned down afterward, uh, showed uh, over here at this film festival, guard went crazy and killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's all horseshit. It's fine. No, no. It, it's, it's you, fi- have a, you have a fridge that doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mother <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Andrew, no. Um, well, it was like two weeks ago, and the, <laughs> the fridge took a shit on Saturday. So. <laughs> still, buddy. Oh. <laughs> Um, so that's like the first 10 minutes of the movie. It's very mm-hmm. intriguing, very cool. 
Uh, once you get into the act, then they show the actual movie. And it's it's pretty cool what they do here because they inlay, like they part of the the mockumentary part is that they're like, oh, we don't know where this came from. It was lo- It was made in 1981 and then it was lost to obscurity. And when the reprint was found, there's all these little glitches in the film that show up. Very cool. Basically, what you're looking at is like weird demonic symbols that show oh, okay. up in the movie. And then periodically, there's like a weird um, cut-in of two people being tortured. Oh, okay. For no, it, it's it doesn't like, fit in. It's no, just there. it's just there. And it just it's really quick, and you've got to pay attention or you're going to miss it. But the story itself is of um, a little boy and his teenage sister who think they're going to dig themselves a hole to hell out in the woods. And thus save the the soul of the their family pet that just perished. Okay. Um, they run into a couple of nut sacks out in the woods, and there's a scene where I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> are they? Is this really what what's going to happen? Are they really going to do this?" I'm not going to get into it because okay. I don't want to spoil it. But I w- I will say that the little boy in the movie bears a striking resemblance to my son, oh. and he almost almost meets with a very ugly demise. And uh, for a second there, I was like, I don't know if I want to continue watching this because this is this oh, is making man. me feel all icky, yeah. icky, icky, sticky. And I don't I don't care for this. Mm. Uh, but I stuck it out. I made it through, through the movie. Uh, the actual movie part is pretty fucking creepy because you get a lot of this weird, like, little fucking symbols popping up. Weird. Yeah. It's it's definitely worth a watch. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Okay. If anybody wants to check that out. Antrim. Antrim, the most dangerous movie. Okay. Check that out. That's all I got to watch, buddy. You get to watch anything? I got to watch a couple of episodes of the new uh, Dracula. I heard good I heard really good things about this. Yeah, it's really good. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh yeah, there's uh three episodes. Right. But they're an hour and a half long each. Right. So very cool. Yeah. I'm going to get into that at yeah. a certain point when I have six hours to kill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Check that shit out. And uh, yeah, let's do a little immersion therapy there, buddy. Yes. What do you say to that? Let's do it. Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to watch The Circle? Oh, yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, different. Not bad. Yeah. Um, kind of... Um, I felt it was a little ambitious. You know, you're going for this whole historic, folkloric... Kind of a thing of this random island. And then you get to the end. A lazy end. <laughs> I hate that shit, man. Oh, I, I know. We talk about it all the time. I hate that. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, inmates, I- I'm sorry, but I feel obligated at this point to spoil it for you. Uh, they died. They were all dead the whole time. And this is a purgatory state. Well, not all. No, the no, one no. chick. The, the main chick. Yeah, yeah, the main chick, but everybody else is dead. And they somehow went to this weird purgatory state where they're on this mysterious island and uh, there's like a demon chasing them around. CGI demon doesn't look very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
crap, pretty shoddy acting, special effects. Meh. It's fine, you know. It's it's. There's nothing wrong with it per se, um, except for the ending. Except for the ending. I don't. I don't. I hate I, that. I don't fucking care for that. No. You know? You're off to you're off to a solid start here. Oh yeah, you built this whole folklore with the Vikings and all the people that came to the island, and it's like, know, oh shit, this is a legit thing. Hey, let's, let's go. We got a dead Nazi over here. We're finding uh, stuff from the Roman Empire over there. Okay, we got this whole folklore and history and backstory here. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, 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 they're, no, they died. Just kidding. Oh, sorry, we couldn't figure out how to end this movie. So. <laughs> right. Just crinkle it up and throw, throw it away. away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am sorry. All right. I should have started at the ending and worked my way back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, you probably skipped the uh, the circle now that we spoiled it for you. Buddy, what do you got for us this week, dude? All right. This week, let's check out 2016's Siren. It is written by David Bruckner, directed by Greg Bishop, stars Chase Williamson, Hannah Fearman, Justin Wellborn, and Hayes McCure. Now, this one, Inmates, is actually a spinoff of the original VHS. Yeah. This is a continuation of the first story with the uh, harpy, or I guess she's a siren, technically, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call her, uh, that was picked up in a bar and ended up dragging... The fucking uh, douchebag with the spy cam glasses off into the night. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. After she almost got into a uh, threesome. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know. I mean, Hannah Rose Fearman. Pretty pretty hot, except for the eyeballs. Right. when she And she plays up the eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Just, I like you. Yeah. You know, well, okay. <laughs> All right, then. Check that out, inmates. We'll do the same thing and uh, compare notes next week. Mm-hmm. Now, normally, we would educate Miss Monica at this point. We have no Miss Monica to educate, so I will be assuming the duties of one Miss Monica, and you may attempt to educate me if you like. All right. Educating Miss Monica. I am a cop working a very tough beat with a very zany sidekick. I stumbled upon a mad scientist lab and got uh, experimented on mostly by accident. And now I'm a goddamn zombie. But that doesn't mean my job is over because I still have some criminals to bust. And my zany sidekick is... Still alive, and I'm not going to eat him, but we're still going to try to bust some criminals, even though I'm dead. And I don't (laughs) probably also get to the bottom of this laboratory thing because I don't want to be dead anymore. Think about uh, okay. Think think about that shit. <laughs> take um, that. Take that. Um, uh, the the guy that ran the lab is a horror movie god. For lack of a better term, and he's only in the movie. He's in the movie for a very short period of time. So think about that, inmates. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty easy, really. I mean, if you've seen this movie, you're going to be like, "Oh, this motherfucker." Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, 
think about it and compare notes with yourselves and uh, see. What, I'll, I'll let you know who I was next week. All right. All righty. That being said, I think that's about going to do us for the week, inmates. Uh, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That means a lot to us. Helps out with our visibility also. Uh, we do have a Patreon campaign running. Uh, go to paddedroompodcast.com. You'll find everything you need to know about us. Patreon links, price swag, all the shit we got going on is right there in a one-stop, easy-to-find arena for you to check out. Also, thanks to the Psycho Buddy Death Cult for allowing us to go live on their network. Yes, thank you so much. Very cool. And join us next week here in the uh, Padded Room True Crime Month for Borderlands. 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 Not the video game, the movie, you pricks. Uh, Or that, buddy, you got anything else on the week? No. Four. Buddy, Miss Monica in absentia. Ted Bundy. um, Mom, wipe my butt. (laughs) Hashtag mommy wipe my butt. Um, guys that get laid on a regular but still can't seem to keep their hands to themselves. Um, weird bed and breakfasts that may or may not have had horror films filmed in them. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Have a great week. Put my hands on the dance with the heat drop.